Greetings, everyone. This is Colin Jessica hyphen Marie Colin Carney. We are recording our session. And I'm just going to go ahead and mute if you're unmuted. Just fix the settings here, too, guys. Okay, here we go. All right. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Postmasters Basic. It's an honor to be here with you tonight. It's an honor to be here with you tonight. I'm your hostess, Colin Jessica hyphen Marie Colin Carney, also known as the hostess with the mostest. And tonight we're going to be talking about the clues that are everywhere. And if you can see them, you notice them. And it's almost like your vision changes when you can see the clues of chief solutions and the martial law, the clues and the grammar of the fiction and how really are we saying anything when we're when we're contracting in fiction? I'm just gonna make sure we mute it here. Okay. Are we saying anything when we're reading fiction or contracting in fiction or talking in fiction? What are the grammar clues and how do we set our facts? Um, how about the martial law? We're gonna talk about what, some, what are some clues that we're in a martial law theater where anything goes. So I've got a panel of postmasters with me tonight and I'll be calling on them and getting their feedback for you and I'd love to hear from you as well. So to get started, Give me a thumbs up in the chat if you have watched Last Flag Standing. All right, we got some Last Flag Standing viewers out there. Me too. In fact, I should probably say if you've seen it at least more than more than once, that would probably be get the same amount of of um, emojis in our in our chat. How about what was the one thing that really resonated with you the most from Last Flag Standing? Give me in one to three words, just briefly, what resonated the most when you watched Last Flag Standing? I'll type mine in there too. I'll tell you what. Closure. That's a good one. Ev Evgeny says closure. Yep. Uh, for me, it was the fake elections. Like just that really resonated with me. I knew something had been off, but I didn't couldn't put my finger on it. And having closure that it was you know, a, a theater, I was like, wow, I kind of felt like I, you know, had my light bulb screwed on a little tighter in my brain. I knew something was off. Suzanne says Ben Franklin was a traitor. Candace says end of birth certificate in 1999. Yeah, that's another really important um, information closure, Candace, that resonates with me too. The flag capture. Xavier says capturing the flag. That's very really good the vatican enrique says the vatican enrique that that resonates with me too i as a, a former catholic <laughs> donald says for the fact of the postal world control construct yes donald that that's really interesting how the post office controls everything i love that selflessness with the never surrendering flag fake elections, flag capture. So these things are resonating with us, the fake elections, the flag capture, the birth certificate, you know, modern slavery, that we really are kind of in a slave colony, if you will. Maybe we felt it inside, but couldn't put our finger on it, but, but got closure in, in the last flag standing. Um, and I also, Alwanda says she never heard anything um, or she heard everything in the video she had not heard anywhere else. And that resonated with me too. I knew there was something special about the messages in the videos and the truth behind it. It just, I could feel it. Thank you guys for your comments. I'd like to see if you've seen War Castles, give me a thumbs up for that one too. Let me know that you've seen War Castles.
Okay, War Castles. It's um, something you could watch multiple times, right? Um, and still get so much knowledge out of it. I'd love to hear what resonated with you guys most in the War Castles. Doesn't have to be, you know, any particular series or episode, excuse me. But what was, um, you know, one or a couple things that resonated with you? Leanne says that there is space with the honor conveyances. I like that, Leanne. The method of their madness. Isn't that true? How crazy the fiction is. For the chief's valor and struggles, Donald, for I concur on that. You know that this is a real life American hero. Candace says the closed courts. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Candace, because we're going to touch on that a little bit on the clues that are out there with the martial law and the courts, you know, as chief says, courts being closed, um, which, you know, really means that they're not set up as a justice, a place to find justice. So we're going to talk about what those clues are. Xavier says that earth is a vessel in a sea of space. I like that too, Xavier. Carol says humbleness and honesty. Excellent. I'm really feeling the good energy from all of you tonight. And um, it seems like we're all in the same wavelength with so many things that resonated for us in the videos that these movies that have opened our eyes to getting so much closure. Alwanda says Chief put his life on the line. He did. And can we really say that for anyone else? If you think about it, who's putting their life on the line for us other than ourselves and our family? But I mean, on the big picture. You know, let's, if you think of those who are saying that they're on the side of the people, who's really doing that? With Chief, we have the proof. He is a hero. There's so many videos and content from Chief um, that, you know, we can go back and watch multiple times. And as your knowledge evolves in your brain, evolves in your brain, and you become, you know, more knowledgeable with using your claim of the life and joining the postmaster study groups, possibly attending workshops, watching the videos with a fresh perspective, your knowledge does change. It's kind of like peeling back the layers of the onion um, and things continue to tighten for you. So I do courage to watch uh, War Castles again or take a look at Russell's YouTube channel or Last Flag Standing again to really comprehend uh, what the solutions are that are out there for us as sovereigns in joinder with with Russell Colin Russell hyphen J Colin Gould. His solutions really are a global stop and correct. He threw a wrench in the fraudulent grammar contracts that these governments, agencies, and bankers of the world they've used against us globally. And I want you to think about what we're going to talk about this evening is the clues of what he's done, like I touched on earlier, the martial law, the grammar, and the bankruptcies. Fennel is saying for the harvesting venue of the courts is with the stay out by the chief. That's correct, Fennel. He does say courts are closed and they are set up as clearing houses or harvesting locations. Let's talk about the clues that these fiction entities, they're totally flailing. They seem very desperate for control and for power. And it's interesting to think about 1999, what we were doing coming into the new millennium and what Chief was doing, you know, laying his life on the line for us. And he was looking at clues and he was breaking the clues and cracking codes and setting things up for all of us. And it's almost like what we're experiencing now, for me personally, I'm thinking that the past 20 years, the UN, the WHO, the CDC, the, the former United States, all of these agencies and rogue governments have known about the chief, and they've put in these, you know, psyops and these fake programs to continue to trick the people. And we're really just now feeling a huge wave. And so often I wonder if these agencies that are flailing, if these solutions with the wrench that chief used and threw um, into the system are really, they're really desperate at this point because it's just been continuing to crumble for the past couple decades. Psyops left and right, that's true. 
So what are the clues that we're living in a martial law where anything goes? It's not really what, you know, maybe we think it is from a Hollywood or movie perspective. I personally, at one point, I thought martial law meant the military taking over. Literally, if you think of tanks and soldiers on the streets, kind of controlling traffic control and controlling people's movements and monitoring people's um, uh, movements and where people were, you know, trying to move from A to B. But these fake agencies are trying to take over, right? What are the clues that countries have lost their sovereignty, that there really is no law and order, there is no constitution, no rules, no justice? How about the schools and rogue, rogue governments? I know that there was some headlines recently on the, in the Netherlands where those rogue, the rogue Netherlands government is trying to get 3,000 farmers to comply with the EU rules. You can feel that constant churn of desperation for control. Tell me about your clues. What are some clues that you can see on chief solutions and the martial law? Feel free to type in the chat. And Marcus, if you're able to come on, I'd love to hear your perspective on what are clues for you. Yeah. Uh, talk, Hi, talk everyone. To yeah, this is for Colin Marcus, hyphen Christopher Colin Kirkland coming on. Yeah, some of the clues that I've seen over the years actually is just in the, from a police standpoint is the change in their dress and tactics. It went from the uh, Officer McDonald and his friendly dog to uh, G.I. Joe, you know, on steroids with all the, in the military garb and tanks and whatnot. So that was a huge clue that things had changed to uh, a military, a militarized type of operation. So, yeah, kind of took me back to uh, a time when they had the riots. This was probably before you guys' time, but, you know, when the riots and you see tanks in the in the streets and you know as a kid that that's kind of a eye-opener as to what's really going on marcus you i love the way you put that with the from officer joe and his dog to gi joe that was great um yeah. so true it, it's kind of like for me i have a uh so much respect for people in uniform keeping us safe trying to make sure that you know, they are not maybe not aware of the big picture of martial law, right? And they are trying to keep us safe, but really it's a little scary when you think about the G.I. Joe, <laughs> the transformation of what, what really is going on in the contracts and what's going on behind the volition of the entities that run it, run these different uh, public safety organizations, right? TSA and right. Uh, Homeland Security. So it does put a different light on things as a, mm -hmm. as a sovereign out there. Ramon says GI foe. <laughs> um, Matthew says inverted world, vert world. That's that resonates with me too, Matthew. A lot of what we thought was uh, something is different. Everything's inverted. So a, as a general rule, you could almost say that you take the opposite of what you were taught in schools or programmed in the schools or what you see on the television. Take the opposite, and it's most likely the truth. <laughs> Um, Xavier says he's heard that the Space Force flag is a planetary flag. He wants more closure on that. That's an interesting question. I haven't heard that one yet. Travis says that he's he's commenting that anyone can carry a weapon of any kind. Yeah, that's that's very true. It seems like the more the fiction tries to stop weapons too the more that they the more impacted they are by crime with weapons hey donald if you feel like speaking on this topic would love to hear your perspective what are some of the clues that you can see uh, that you've noticed since um learning about the the martial law yeah hey everybody and good evening happy to be here with you all um, the first thing that I wanted to point out is the most obvious one when they started using the gold fringe on the dang flag. It's like, what's the deal with that? Why, why are we going to decorate the flag? What, you know, should we hang up a, uh, 
some Christmas ornaments on it and just like, you know, do, do whatever we want to it. Like, no, that's, that's a form of desecration. That's not the standard. And the, the flag is one of the most important things to people, but they see it being displayed, desecrated in front of them and just think like, Oh, carry on, you know? So all these, all these fiction actors, since the chief captured the flag have been only able to use the gold fringe flag. That was the first most obvious one aside from they, they just kind of make up laws as they go and they're always trying to take away all the guns because they got it. Ooh, we got another school shooting. And then you do a little bit of research and there's all these CIA actors and Masons and whoever else involved. And it's just like, okay, well, this is clearly, you know, being staged or forced. It didn't occur naturally. So now you've got, like Muriel said, security guards at the grocery store, security guards at the schools. Just like 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 Marcus was saying, the militarization of you know officer friendly giving up a, a speeding ticket here or there, and actually trying to uphold justice to going into this police state sort of mentality where they're trying to like clamp down on the citizens. It's interesting, right? And I, I the whole world shut down in theory. I mean, most countries did completely were okay slash these agencies saying you need to stay home and lock down. It's like, what is, what is going on? So it's, it's out of control. What everything you said totally resonates with me and that, that um, fringe on the flag is definitely a clue. Thank you, Donald. Yeah, and then everybody's like, oh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump's the good guy, but he's the one who came out with the mask on and said, all right, everybody, close your businesses. Stop going to work. Everybody, shut down everything. It's all good. We're going to get through it and take the vaccine. Like the vaccine, that had been something that a lot of people in the truth community have been, you know, foreshadowing or seeing uh, in the horizon for a long time coming, you know. And then when this one came out, it's like, okay, this is the mark of the beast. Like, absolutely not, no way ever. So then when I saw the chief come out and say, Hey, if you got a claim to life, there's no forcing medical matters on claim to life citizens. I was like, that's the guy we've been waiting for. For I concur. Hey, Joseph, um, I noticed your comment in the chat on the wide open borders. Is that a clue or what? And then you see Chief talk about um, the borders getting disqualified with the fictional grammar. So we're hearing. You know, we see that they're bringing in people uh, from all over the world. We don't know who they are. We don't know their background. Are we even paying for it? It's definitely orchestrated. We hear Chief telling the truth behind that. That's definitely a clue. Would love to hear uh, more on your comment on the wide open borders. Yes, thank you. Greetings, everyone. Um, yeah, this is, it's kind of interesting to see all the uh bs if you will coming from the fiction it's like they just want to bombard um people so they are stuck in this um baffling phase so they can never kind of um have a foothold on what correctness is and that's why they try so hard to keep chief a secret because once you um comprehend and, and see this grammar and it all comes back to the grammar for me so when when you see this correctness with the way that it's written and conveyed it just um it's it's so interesting to see how the fiction writing is doesn't say anything and not only does it not say anything but it's purposely misleading so it can say you know like chief says past tense and future tense in the same sentence and um it's just kind of uh hard for somebody that doesn't have you know this exposure to the to, to the quantum venue to really see um what the solutions are and that's why i think this is a great time to bring this forward uh, for the for the people so that they can make a choice for themselves. And I'm so glad that I've <clears throat> found it. 
Thank you, Joseph, uh, for I concur. Let's think about the clues of the bankruptcies. The first bankruptcy, which we know is the day of the slaves, 1776, um, and the subsequent bankruptcies, and then the final bankruptcy of the former United States in 1999. What are the clues looking back if you felt, you know, the knowledge, your eyes were opened, it made a lot of sense every 70 years with those bankruptcy timelines. Let's talk about those clues. We have that day of no dependence, independence. Um, and then we have the Civil War time, right, with Abraham Lincoln. And then we have the late 20s, 1929, with the birth certificate system, FDR, um, another world war. A lot of things going on in that timeline, Social Security and other things going. And then the final bankruptcy in 1999. What are some thoughts that you have as far as the clues that made sense to you uh, with the knowledge that we were given, you know, growing up and learning in school, maybe unaware, maybe you were aware, and then the bankruptcy knowledge? Curious what resonated with you on that? And what are some of the clues looking back? especially in 1999, you know, for many of us, that's probably the one that we've lived through and can remember the most of with Y2K and, you know, 9-11 and other global events and distractions going on. Marcus, oh, uh -huh, sorry. Go, ahead, go ahead. It's okay, guys. Go ahead, um, Donald and then Marcus. It's interesting that you mentioned the Y2K because that was at the same time that a lot of these mechanics were being put in place as, along with the start of the the when chief copyrighted the quantum banking technology so it was like everybody's predicting oh all the computers are going to reset time and everything's going to uh, break down so like in a way that kind of did happen so it does tie back to that but the uh oh shoot what was i going to say oh yeah the bankruptcy itself you can find on google it's interesting, right? I've looked it up too. It's funny because uh, the knowledge is out there, but you don't, you know, because at that time, you know, we were younger and maybe going through experiencing that Y2K that was a, supposedly a software code. So all of these applications were looking to reprogram those four digit to two digit codes. And, you know, looking back, what a, I mean, people thought the world was going to end at that time and banking systems were going to collapse and things were just going to shut down. And of course it didn't, but something else was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, Marcus, um, what would what did you have to say about that? Yeah, well, one thing that just came to mind, you were asking me about the clues, and I think back to what clue, well, actually I was clueless when all this was taking place. You know, I was, I was so much in, into, you know, into the world, you know, you know, building a family and you know buying houses and doing all those you know things that <laughs> you the usual citizens do but uh, the one thing that caught my attention was this book um the creature from jekyll island uh if you ever get a chance, to, a read chance that. to read that, that kind of set the pace for me set the timelines as to how we were drawn into certain events like world war one and world war uh, two through pearl harbor and what all took place behind the scenes. And it was like, wait a minute, there's a, a, a real scam going on here. And the thing is, is that this scam has been planned decades or even generations in advance. And that was that was an eye opener for me. So that just came to mind when you're asking about clues. Oh, that's interesting. I I'd like to add Just, um, interesting. Just, yeah, it muted when I, sw I switched over to the Amazon browser to just look at it. Sorry about that, guys. I was saying it's very interesting. I haven't read that one yet. Thanks for sharing that. I was uh, in my college years ending graduating from college, too, and I had no idea what was going on. Um, but that, that sounds like an interesting read. You know, it's funny. A bankrupt corporation can't, doesn't own anything. They have no contracting rights. You know, and it's it's fascinating how that was going on behind the scenes. Things were ending and all of these rules under contract with the shipping and the flag was all just getting released in 1999. 
So like you said, Marcus, I wonder how long those Y2K and those other PSYOPs were kind of in the books in their plan. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, there's saying about they have to give us closure before they do to us what they do to us. And you're like, wait a minute, no one ever told me you're going to do this, that, or the other. Um, but, you know, movies is one of the biggest uh, venues or um, that they, you know, yeah. divulge what it is they're going to do. And that was just in a uh, article recently about the movie Soylent Green. And I've seen it years ago. I don't remember exactly what it was about, but it was uh, created in 74. And the timeline for the scene was 2022. And they did a comparison as to what it was that, um, you know, they had predicted at that time in 74 through the movie and how it correlates to what's going on today and uh you know there's a direct correlation to that so there's some indication it was, it's been planned you know it's funny i look to some of these movies if you look at their summary uh no matter what you know app that you're watching it you can read if you go to sci-fi or go to like type in things like time travel or you could type in anunnaki or things like that um stargate stuff like that you can really get a lot of truth from just the synopsis synopses of these movies and even fast forwarding around and watching on caption if you just have it on mute and get some truth there and you can confirm some of those quote unquote crazy conspiracy theories but then you start to realize if many movies and um shows have the same you know the same theory then it might maybe it's true like you said they're revealing the truth to us so that we're in compliance with it Yeah, and they're yeah, in compliance yeah. with the uh, disclosure or the closure yes. uh, end of, mm -hmm. you know. Ooh, I like this um, Matthew, Colin Matthew hyphen David Colin Galbraith. I like your meme. That's really cool with the 1984 and the Matrix, Handmaid's Tale, Animal Farm. Lord of the Flies, yeah. Some of those, I, I read that one in high school. Alwanda says, about Soylent movie, people voluntarily suicided themselves via meditation, mu or meditation music and scenery, and their remains are turned into food, which the remaining messes ate until some guy woke up and blew the whistle on it. That's interesting. You hear a lot of things about human meat. Won't go into that here, but I know uh, you guys probably all know what I'm talking about. There's several different different rabbit holes you can go down with with looking at the the analogy from Soylent Green. So where are we now in in this year going into 2022, 2023? You know, leaving and exiting 2022. We are in a time of transition. We've been in martial law for a while, the whole world really, and. Chief was really forced to do this and declare it, what, 15 years ago? So if we jump and pivot into the grammar, this is kind of the fun part of looking at what are the clues in the grammar. We could actually talk about the fiction clues and the quantum grammar clues. How do we know if a fact is a fact? And you need to know the facts or get harvested. For the gain of the facts is with the void harvest by the fiction. So how do we know if a fact is a fact? Let's talk about the quantum grammar. Suzanne, can you tell me how do we know if a fact is a fact when with with um, thinking of the quantum grammar? How how do we certify our facts? Thanks for having me, Jessica. This is Foucault and Suzanne Foucault and Burton, and I. Um, I would like to talk about the styles manual, the, the federal styles manual that chief talks about, because that was my clue to bring me into this venue. And okay. so I want to take you on my fact finding mission. And sure. I'm going to push pause one before we get there. I want to talk real quick. Um, Cause we might have some new, we have some new listeners mm. here about what a fact is and how chief, you know, kind of trains us to know, that nouns are certified with prepositional phrases to establish a fact. So I just want to make sure that we put that out there. Um, 
in the quantum grammar venue for the is a prepositional phrase, right? So for the joy is um, five, six, seven, and that's a preposition, an article or a lodial and a fact. And that's how we certify the facts. It's mathematical based. We have a very distinct formula in the quantum as opposed to the fiction where we could have multiple words with multiple meanings. So if I say the word you, there's many different spellings, many different meanings, subjective interpretation reigns on that. Rain is another word <laughs> with many different meanings, even different spellings. The word for, and um, the other parts that that Chief has done is removing the negative too from the words. And when you're in the negative, it really gets you nowhere. So you've got to set yourself in the facts to control your parallel construction, or you'll be spinning and spinning in loops with no closure. One other word that resonated with me that I learned from um, one of Chief's videos is noun, the word noun. Can anyone tell me what noun means? I'll put it in the chat here. We'll spell it out. And then Suzanne, I want to go into your, um, I want to go into your styles manual because that's a really good one. Noun, what does it mean? Donald, Marcus, anyone want to chime in for that? Noun. Well, we were taught. The first part, no, would be, means no. So that's a negative word. And then the second part, un, uh, un typically means like undo is like to not do or to reverse doing. So no on would be no no so it's a double negative there you go and marcus were you going to say what we were taught that announcement <laughs> yeah the person place or thing but we know right. if it's not preposition that it it uh it's not a fact yeah that's right so that preposition you know it's funny like the the, the grammar rules we were taught had a little bit of truth there but they were loaded with uh, with lots of holes. So you set your facts with your uh, preposition. Yeah. But really, when you look at that noun, N-O and U-N, no, no, and you'd never hear that from anyone. First time you hear no. it is, you know, coming into this, into this uh, paradigm or this venue. And so you've got to like have, for me, it just was so deep rooted, like that makes so much sense. Even though it might, it might be a little painful to feel like I had no idea or that I was being, you know, duped or let myself be duped, you know, because that happens to all of us. It just gave me such closure and I felt like just the truth was here. <laughs> Somebody pointed out in the chat earlier, um, I, I want to say it was Ramon or perhaps David Young. I think it was David Young said that uh, math always made a lot of sense to him in school, but then English, it was like, Man, they're just all these rules are just freaking made up. Like, what what is the deal with this? And then when we find out that like some of it was good knowledge, but then they tell you you can never start a sentence with a prepositional phrase. Well, preposition means like before position, so that's not a position in the now space, for one. And then to have when we're communicating with the quantum grammar, it has a mathematical connection. And that I mean, math seems to be the foundation for all the aspects of the world that we're in. I mean, that's like that's God's language right there is ones and zeros, you know, and everything else that comes from that. But to to be able to put that into grammar, it's like finally we can make sense of the the other that last subject that wasn't uh, that we couldn't quite get it to click. It's just like, oh, follow these rules just because. It's a miracle that we can even communicate, even though we're not really communicating, that we think that we are writing and communicating before we get this knowledge. And math is a universal language. How many of you have kids that are doing well in math that it, from a young age? It makes so much sense. One plus one is two, and it's universal. Whether you're in French, Spanish, Italian, Russian, any, any language, one plus one is two. It makes so much sense. And I noticed someone put in the chat until algebra... I was okay in algebra, but then when calculus and things like that, statistics, forget it. That put in too many, <laughs> too many fiction babble scenarios that blew my brain up. Um, but it is a miracle that if you're learning how to spell and how to 
attempt to at articulate so many negative contract words that it's a miracle that we've come this far. I had been reading something a few weeks ago about how um, like number is something that they would have needed to be pretty much universal between ancient languages. So if you kind of look back at like the root words of like the the word two to uh, like the, the two as in the value as in the number um, that there was there was a lot of similarities across like Indo-European continents, even between different languages in what the number was, because that's one thing. I mean, you could call a dog 5,000 different things, but you can't call two, three. Like if there's two, there needs to be two. Three equals three. And everything else, anything else you say three equals is fiction. But if three equals three, then that's a fact. That's right. Uh, school would have been so much easier just learning math and being done with it and learning the five, six, seven rule. Such wonderful clues, you know, and I want to go back to Suzanne. Um, let's talk about the styles manual because that's another piece of knowledge that I learned watching Russell's videos. Um, he mentions them quite a bit. They are real. So they were published what, every four years which by the way, happens to coincide with elections. And I've noticed over my years that rules have changed in the fiction grammar, comma placement, the S with the apostrophe, you know, on a name. So can you come on Suzanne and let's pick up where we had started earlier and talk about the styles manual? Sure, thanks. Um, I'd like to give a little closure on a styles manual in case anybody uh, is a little, uh, has a little confusion about that. I've been I've done a lot of graphic design in my work over the years and companies would give me their styles manual and in it it would tell me what fonts to use what size fonts what colors how to do their logo basically the boundaries that I have to work in and so it made sense to me that the federal styles manual was about things that are on my keyboard What's a tilde? What's what's the difference in a forward slash and a backslash? You know, what are all these little symbols? So to me, it made sense that the styles manual dealt with that. And I already knew I didn't have my claim in life. This was two years ago, but I knew that I knew about that rule of boxing. So I own my own house and it came time for me to start paying my property tax. And so I was looking at my property tax bill, which I'm putting up in the chat. And I was looked at it with the view of a postmaster looking at that document for boxing. And so hardbound cut. It's just a sheet of paper. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong thing. So I called the number on that bill and I said to them, gave my name. I said, I'm, I'm trying to pay my property tax. I'm looking at my bill, but I can't read what to pay because it's all in a box. He says, what are you talking about? I said, well, the federal styles manual, the rule is anything on official documents like this, that's in a box, it's not on the page. And he really didn't fight with me. And he says, I will send you out another bill with no boxing. And I said, okay, thank you. Within three-day rescission, I'm going to put up what they sent me. And this was my clue that nothing is right. If you look at that bill and me looking at it two years later of how ridiculous, who am I paying? Where does it go to? Who is my creditor? Nothing. So that's, uh, thanks. <laughs> That is such an amazing story. So the guy on the phone on the other end said, okay, he kind of concurred. And he said, all right, I'll send you one without the boxing. I wonder if he knew or if he had to look it up or how he had access to a knowledge base of something. That is amazing. <laughs> the bill looks, to or the paper looks totally different the second time. It looks totally different. Wow, that's a big clue, Suzanne. That's that's major. Now you correct me if I'm wrong. You had you did this before you got your claim of the life. 
Oh, this was February 2nd was when that letter came to me. By February 28th, I had my claim of the life being, I did all the mechanics to send it away to chief. By April 5th, by April 17th, I had, I was in joinder with chief and I got it back uh, the beginning of May that year. Oh, okay. So you were, you were on to them at that point. I was ready. I was ready to bolt, especially after I saw this. I mean, it's <laughs> total evidence that they're just making it up. I, th there's nothing official about that document in any way. And if, and if, and if we could read it, which we can, it says disregard all previous notices. So like it says nothing. Um, <laughs> and it's due again in February. So that's why I'm here because boy, I want to, this is, it's, 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 it's a tricky thing. It's not like, you know, I don't know how to say it, but these properties, you know, and, and chief is, he's going to, yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to, I want to take care of this and I want to get a will and do mm -hmm. that properly. So, um, so I could, you know, that's what, I, that's my, my volition in I this venue. Your, yourself, your legacy and your, your assets, your state in the facts, because you know, if not, there's plenty of opportunity to get harvested, whether you're here or, you know, when you've moved on to another realm. So absolutely get your facts in order on your contracts. And that's the, the best part about this particular venue is being enjoined with the comptroller, the postmaster hyphen general, he has the flag, he has the quantum hyphen banking system. And um, unless you're able to mint your own money and you have your own flag, then um, I'm not sure where you'd want to, you know, other ships that you'd want to board. Um, or other vessels that you'd want to join where you could really be protected. And in watching, you know, all of Chief's videos and just getting the closure of the treaties that he has set up for us, um, it's it's a venue that's got safeguards and safety net in place. So keep us posted on your journey, Suzanne. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Charles is asking if you whited out all the numbers or if it's blank. And why don't you go ahead and... and um, Give your response to that, Suzanne. Yes, I only whited out the things that were personal, the numbers that were personal to me and the prices that I was due. Um, but I didn't white out any of, you know, there's no logo on that second piece of paper. Um, at, at, the, at the top, I whited out because there was a barcode and I don't even know what those mean. Mm -hmm. um, so what they did, right, they took out all the boxes, which left a very little content. And then Suzanne protected her basic and personal information. So when you take out all the boxes, look at what's left, not a lot. Oh, one more thing that, that I might show later on. I get every year I get this statement from social security about how much I'm going to get or not get when I <laughs> turn 65. And their creative use of boxing is like off the charts. So whatever you... <laughs> So there's that. Start looking at those clues of the boxing, guys, because I know um, Chief mentions it with the FEC, those Federal Election Commission applications to, you know, that you fill out to quote unquote vote in an election. Everything's in a box. In fact, I can't think of an application that didn't have some box in it, whether it's a identity verification in your job or, you know, you're looking for a job, any any kind of you know, bracket AP bracket application. It's fascinating to look at all the boxes. Thank you for sharing that, Suzanne. Any other grammar clues that Donald, Marcus, Joseph, if any of you guys have another um, story or comment on the grammar clues, that would be great. Or you can type in the chat. This is Foucault and Suzanne again. I have one more. Okay. Uh, I used to do a lot of mailing newsletters and stuff back before Y2K. So I was always at the post office. And always at the post office, there was a brochure rack with selective service brochures in it. And every young man at the age of 18 was required to register for so for that service, selective service. Mm 
It didn't mean you were going to go to the military, but everyone as a citizen was required to do that. And then after Y2K, I never saw those brochures again in the post office. They disappeared. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, Roberto is asking if the styles manuals are worldwide. From my comprehension and my personal studies, Roberta, we have the styles manuals for the former United States. You can get them before the 1999 bankruptcy and then post. And they are published here every four years. Uh, my gut is telling me every country has a styles manual. And it's like Suzanne mentioned, um, corporations have styles manuals, in particular when it comes to marketing. So they'll have rules for their logo and for, you know, messaging. So styles manuals could be, you know, for a country, for an agency, corporation, governments. I use the search engine Quant, Q-W-A-N-T. You might find it if you want to look it up and do a search on your styles manuals. And Carson says some of the styles manuals have their origins from the Vatican. I bet the Vatican has a styles manual too. That's interesting. Wonderful closure, guys. I noticed something on LinkedIn the other day. Um, you know, in, in corporations, you have the human resources department, you have the learning and development department, and sometimes they overlap, but there was a question that was up for debate, a query that was up for debate. I thought you might, that would resonate with us on this um, chat tonight. But it was HR and the learning and development folks having a debate. If they could ever agree or concur on the meanings of three words, then it would be a, like a, an, a revolution in the learning and development and HR joining forces. And it sounds silly, but I just thought it would resonate. So they were talking about their debate on these terms, course, C-O-U-R-S-E, lesson and module. If they could concur on the meaning of those three words, and I just laughed myself and thought, I don't think they're gonna concur on the, the meanings of those three words. And that really is a great clue on how the fiction can just loop and loop and loop and how there's so many meanings for uh, one word or even three words with the same meaning and they can be used interchangeably or subjectively depending on the reader or the person um, and their volition behind what they're saying. Hey Jess, hey, I wanted to point out another clue that I thought of. Okay. Um, the straw man, the legal entity created by the birth certificate is something that more and more people are becoming aware of, um, even outside of our venue. I think that uh, the grammar used on those to learn, I mean, we've now learned that they are referring to vessels, the name of vessels, and that we're in a shipping war. And, but be, before that, I think before entering the venue, I think a lot of people are kind of coming to to know about that and the legal fraud of the fictional corporation name that they attached to us at birth. I concur, Donald. I looked at, um, look at your birth certificates or maybe if you have children or nieces, nephews, uh, parents, grandparents, mine has no signatures anywhere. Literally, it's just a print, printed out document. Um, so I've seen those and I find that just right in your face, a big clue. No one stating any claim. There's no authority um, on these birth certificates. And that was, you know, mid 2000s, mid to like late 2000s and 2010 and, and after. So that's a great clue. And you have the law of the boxing too around it, right? Yeah. And using uh, your names, um, most people, uh, most vessels would be adjective adjective pronoun based on just no punctuation nothing to give position or place or procedure mechanics I'm trying to think of the word that, the word. Like that yeah so you're lost at sea you don't know where you are in time and space um and when chief says you know author is authorized to think it really kind of resonates it doesn't make sense at first but when you break it down like that donald there's you're not a fact so you're just floating <laughs> floating around 
Yeah, and then it's like you don't want to, you know, I don't want to go up to everybody I know and be like, well, you're not authorized to think, so get out of here. You can't state a claim because it's like I'm still trying to relate to, you know, friends who haven't made their way out of the fiction yet. But uh, you do kind of begin to see that. And the more I spend time in this venue, the more I learn through this, um, they really aren't authorized to think, you know, and um, I, I, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings by saying that. But it's like I, I do see that there is something to that. I really am picturing you doing that because that would be that would be so cool to do that <laughs> someday, you know. I think doesn't Chief say, "What are you a moron?" He says it to like a fumbling bumbling or something. It's it's so funny to think about being able to do that. <laughs> You're not authorized to think. That's funny. It it is true. It resonates with me too, especially how we are in dual systems. Many of us have our, you know, we have this. Right now, we have the fiction currency, and we all have jobs. We have sustenance to take care of our families. We need that. So sometimes if you're in an eight-hour-a-day type of jobby job, it's interesting, you know, how your brain can really pick up on the clues on, the, on your day-to-day -day world of the fiction and not being authorized to think or really saying anything. Yeah, I mean, what's scary is if you go into, um, like, a... Uh the state house, nah, not, not even the state house, but like, uh, oh, it's what's like the, in a major city in the metropolitan area where they have like, like the land department the land. where they make loans for land, 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 whatever. They've always got um, state flags and national flags with spires on top. So when you know what that means, I mean, luckily most of the people working there don't know what that means either, <laughs> but like, I'm looking at it like, whoa, they're at war against me right now. And, and they're probably at war with their own employees because the employees here don't even couldn't tell me that either. And if I started talking to them about it, they'd look at me like I was speaking Chinese or something. I do like to talk to if I have my last um, performance, I was going into a public safety office and I did talk to the local. I don't know if he was a sheriff just to ask questions about the yellow, you know, and the yellow border, uh, because I like to see the knowledge for some reason, or just to feel if, is this person going to know what I'm saying? Can I have a bond with them? And, you know, the response was, that's how we decorate our flag. That's something that the people wanted to decorate with a yellow border. So I just kind of kept moving because I felt like it was a lost cause, you know, especially someone in that position of authority. And I was on their, you know, on their turf, but I did ask the question. So sometimes you can learn I don't know, you can learn a lot by um, asking people those questions. If that is something that, if you feel in that moment, which I did on that day, and and I just thought, oh, I was kind of hoping that I could, you know, make a connection with him and maybe even give him a share card and tell him about Postmaster Hyphen General. So maybe I'll do that next time. Hey, I'm with so, you there. I, I'm not somebody who likes conflict when it's not necessary. You know, yeah. I like a good friendly contest, but not conflict where it's a, uh, where it's real and it's blood for blood sort of thing. So I'm trying to win over my martial law theater with honey and sugar over here. And, to, you know, that position of neutrality is is real. And it I think it's okay to have a dialogue with someone, ask a question, but really you've got to feel that feel that out. And I think trust your, your gut. Um, you can make some connections in the post office and with the corporation postmasters that are there to help you. But yeah. I don't, I don't like to have the conflict for conflict's sake either. Yeah, that's uh, interesting you mentioned about the neutrality because I've had people tell me that neutrality is a myth and that I have to pick a side and whatever. And I'm like, no, you can't, you can't tell me that because I know that I'm neutral. I don't know what you may consider yourself, but you can't tell me that um, you must be zero or you must be one because that's the beauty of quantum, the quantum computer that is our brain is the space between the zero or the one when it is neither nor and it could decide whichever one it wants to go as it goes um but yeah also somebody one of the postmasters in the east group uh, i think he might be listening in tonight roberto was telling me about a time where he went to the post office in his territory and it's not a very strong corporate territory as and it's not very what's the word uh babylonized not very 
to not uncivilized, but they're just the postal routes aren't very strong. And he showed his claim to life to the postal employee and the postal employee after he read it, he was trying to he was trying to explain something and get one of the performances from step seven done. And he showed his claim to life to the postal postal attendant. And the guy was like, whoa, like, hey, like, maybe you can help us out. Like, it seemed like they they came to him after they had seen the grammar on his claim of the life. They were like, whoa, like, I think that I think this could be a good partnership. And really, as claimants, we are not, you know, we're not going to war against the post office. We're trying to join with it and do it correctly. I concur. That's a wonderful story. I hope that he does continue to make those bridges. It really is extending a bridge to someone, you know, showing them the light. And if you look for those moments, it can happen in everyday life, whether you're at the store, or the post office, you know, or at um, even if you are in a dry dock like a uh, public safety building. I just posted in the chat the flags that I noticed that same day. And I noticed, and I, you could see the one particular flag of the county, the flag of the former United States, and then the Texas flag with the balls on top. So that was a big clue. You know, when you start to um, watch Last Flag Standing and all these wonderful topics that come up, take notes and just go out and look at the top of flagpoles. And there's your, that's a, a big clue. And that's something that people can see. So you can tell your family look at the spire on top or look at the ball that's recruiting contract, look at all of your schools, you know, your military recruiting locations, post offices, they have the ball on top. So they're recruiting contract. They're open for contract. Um, I also learned in funeral homes, by the way, there's a flag that sets the venue and they have a ball on top too, because they are a contracting venue. And those are really easy clues that you can start to break down, you know, the programming that we've, that people experience or have, you know, in their, in their mind that you can connect with. That's a little spooky that you mentioned the funeral home. Cause that brings to mind how, um, chief mentions in, well, I believe it's war castles towards one of the later parts of war castles, how the shrine of the immaculate conception in DC is where the Vatican likes to claim up parts of your spiritual self after you pass on. So that's, that's kind of a spooky version of contracting, but nonetheless mm -hmm. true. But uh, you reminded me, yes, county building is the one that I was looking at when I saw the spires on the flag inside. And of course, yep, outside, they got the silver ball on top, real friendly. But uh, it goes back to what you and Marcus were talking about earlier, how symbols control us subconsciously. What I mean, consciously or subconsciously, however you're looking at it. And the... Uh, people manufacture consent uh, for m possibly negative things by using those symbols. So like that's that's how they do it with the gold fringe on what we presume to be the proper American flag. I mean, that's a symbol that we recognize so that you don't really see the gold fringe as a problem. It's not like they painted over the entire flag, but when that's inserted onto that, it's a it's a subtle move but they are no longer using the hieroglyph that they were using before. And one must wonder why. Have you seen the flag of the United States of the America? You know, the title for a flag. Have you seen that meme? It's, it's got a lot of different flags on it and they've shown like the official state flag and the desecrated state flag. I'm going to post it now because this has been, this has gone around um, and I hope that this is correct because I've saved it and you have the, I, I don't think it's correct where it says United States though. It's unity States. Have you seen this Donald, this um, image I just posted? Yeah, I've seen that going around the last couple of weeks within the venue. Um, it seems pretty informative. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's exactly correct either. There's some of it that I would, you know, it looks like it's kind of dated. That's all. Yeah. And there's some interesting facts. The gold ball for recruiting, the gold spire for the court martial, martial law, the eagle, um, which has president, which is not, you know, we know that's not a legitimate role. And then the tassels for admiralty and things like that. Just interesting. So many clues. It's it's really fascinating. 
Um, yeah, I was looking at one of those uh, workplace where they where they state like employee rights in the workplace at a place I was working uh, sometime last year. And they always have the flag that they use on there. Man, it's like two by two. I'm like, look at this little dinky thing. Like, that, that ain't our flag. What the heck is this? <laughs> you know, the other clue was I think Obama's flag was a boat flag. And then after, I think it was 2000 and prior, Washington, the, you know, the press secretary, that little emblem behind, they took off the DC and it just says Washington. And you can, you can see that now if you just happen to want some entertainment to watch the, I think it's called the press secretary and just look at the, that little emblem and look at their flag. This, this flag is different than the flag that was before. And so the clues are there. You see the tassels. I think they're red and white or red and blue on the current fake administration. Um, so those clues are everywhere. The flags, the flagpoles, the law of the boxing, the chaos that's going on um, as a almost like a consequence or a side effect of the solutions that have been put in place for us. Yeah, I'm, that's the four losers, I, I think. What did you say, Donald? I was, it's just the sore losers throwing a tantrum is what I um, equate it to. <laughs> Hi, Leanne. Yes, I um, full calling Leanne here. I uh, have a clue, and I but I didn't. Uh, this was a few years back. I didn't um, write. I didn't take a picture of it, but I could actually go back and take a picture. I was in a funeral home. And as you walk in the door on the right are, I believe it was seven flags, and I didn't know what they were, but they had spires on them at the beginning of the funeral, as you walk in the funeral home. So I don't know if someone here knows of the purpose of having so many spires, other than obviously it's at war with with the public, but I don't know if anyone else has, has noticed that um, going into any type of location like that. Oh, thank you for that. That's a wonderful clue. Yes. And then um, a further clue, it's not quite on the topic of where you, you've been, but the, the further clue for me personally and the clues that brought me forward um, in making the connection with the venue is the knowingness that there's something further and there's something that's far better and can solve things. And it's just that knowingness um, within someone it's a base knowing this so that you look and you look until you find something and you even go to places uh that you wouldn't normally go to uh looking and you find that you make the connection that um brings you forward with your knowledge and it's that knowingness that there's something there that i haven't found well found or connected with and to me that's a very vital clue when something inside you is stirring and you you move forward and not knowing what you're moving forward to connect with. For I concur, you are so um, eloquent. That was very well said. Thank you, Leanne. Okay, you're so welcome. Thank you, Jessica. And thank you, uh, the postmasters or everyone here. And I think that's a great way to kind of begin to close tonight. Um, thank you all for being here. I hope that we were able to give you as much knowledge as we could um, on the clues and give you some closure. The goal of the Postmaster Basic channel and our live streams is to give closure on the venue and to help, I would say, I'm trying to think of the right term, to help close out the clues or to help give you... Um, you know, help share the knowledge that would resonate on the clues if you're curious and have a question mark around something that you come here and get closure to that. So we hope we've been able to do that today. Much gratitude, Leanne, Donald, Suzanne, Marcus, Joseph, and, and all of the postmasters here and to all of you. Um, feel free to post in the chat your last message of the evening. I'll leave the chat on here for a couple more minutes. And I hey, hope you Jess, all have a good evening. Yeah. I wanted to quickly answer uh, to give a quick answer to Matthew David Gal uh, Colin Galbraith's question, why does the fiction play along? Why don't they simply not do the gold fringe? 
That's like Joseph says, it is a loaded question, but the a simple answer I can give would be that they have money tied up in places that they don't want to lose. And if they were to bring the chief forward, it would automatically disqualify themselves. So they're not going to, you know, that's like, that's like basically them turning around and bending over for you. So, I mean, <laughs> they don't want to give that up. But the thing that's great for us is that it's a numbers game and our numbers are getting more and more every day. That's a great way to end too, Donald, for I concur. So we need to just, I take personal responsibility, accountability to, you know, show people the light to be a true sample of living in the world as a positive sovereign and postmaster. And I hope that my joy resonates with people because I don't have as many wrinkles and gray hairs. I used to getting stressed out all the time. Truly, you know, it is a mind shift and a paradigm, a real paradigm shift. And you can see the clues when you start to learn to syntax also, you know, and go to the syntax learning center or go to the authorized teachers, start to learn how to break down your words. Um, and Donald, that was a great, um, that was great closure. Thank you. Cause yes, they would be essentially confessing that they weren't correct, but there is a chance for people to get correct. And that's joining with getting your claim of the life and learning about chief. Um, and like you said, the venue continues to grow the claim. We need more and more claimants so <laughs> we can continue to break down the fiction. Yeah. Donald, and there's a, you mentioned something about like uh, living in the world, not being of the world and trying to be light with your touch and bringing joy, spreading joy. And, and people kind of look at you and they're like, why is that guy so, why is that gal so happy all the time? Like, uh, oh shoot, what was I gonna say about it? The, uh, I lost it. I totally lost it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> No worries. You're feeling the love. I'll leave the chat open. If you think of it, you can put it in the chat. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And good night, everyone, with the gratitude and the love and the honor. Thank you all. Have a good evening.